Warning, the Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out. Hello? Is anyone out there? This is Brother D. Is, is anyone else alive? You know, you'd think with all the zombie movies I watch and review for Mail Order Zombie over at www.mailorderzombie.com, I would have been better prepared for the zombie uprising. I mean, every week I'd watch anywhere from one to three zombie movies, and my wife, Miss Bren, would join me in every episode to go over listener mail and even occasionally join me in a review of a zombie movie herself. But now, we woke up one morning and the zombies have taken over. Miss Bren went scouting for supplies, but she's been gone a long time, so I went out to look for her, and now now I just wish I'd stay home and watched more zombie movies for everyone, weeding out the good ones from the bad. What? Wait a minute, who's there? Miss Bren? You're not Miss Bren. Oh, oh no! Send more podcasters. For the Bone Bat Podcast, where you can listen to Steve and Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast where we've got dick jokes galore. Bone Bat. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bone Bat Show, episode number 18. This is Steve. This is Gord. How's it going, man? Going all right. 18, huh? So uh, the show is legal. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think of that. Yeah, it can uh, drink overseas now. It can get drafted and go to jail. I don't know that we have any overseas listeners, but... Uh... No, I think my cousin Joe listens, listens every once in a while. He's overseas. Hey, Joe. Hey, how's it going, Joe? So, dude, what's okay. on your mind this week? Got any uh, any things catching in Gordon's cranium? Yeah, indeed. Well, I mean, what's on my mind right now is this rock and music we're listening to. 
Ah, oh, yes. This was, this is a major one for me. We've been super lucky this year to have a ton of cool ass bands agree to let us play their music on the show. But We've been uh, blessed. We have been blessed, truly. Every every month it's been just a different cool band. But this week is one that really blew my mind. Uh, what we're listening to right now is 60 Watt Shaman. Yes, we are blessed by the Shaman. 60 Watt Shaman are a hell of a band based in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, kind of stoner, sort of sludgy metal. Been around since, uh, I'm not sure, uh, late 90s. And uh, just a cool band. Unfortunately, they've kind of been on hiatus the last few years. Uh, they haven't had a new album, I don't think, since 2002, but uh, there's some talk of them reforming. I was able to get a hold of their bassist, Reverend Jim, and he gave us the thumbs up to uh, play a little bit of their music tonight. So I hope you enjoy what you hear. Uh, I'll be giving you a little more inf- information on uh, how to find uh, their CDs uh, a little later on the show, and uh, we'll go forward from there. But uh, thank yeah, you, 60 known, Watt. You guys little, rock. Yeah, thank you very much. A little known fact about 60 Watt Shaman, they are one of two bands that I know of that do songs that begin with talking about cornbread. (laughs) Is that true? Yeah, you got got that clutch song, you know, hey, hey, now, what's that smell? Just Ah. like cornbread done too well. And then you got got 60 Watt Shaman, where they start singing about the cornbread in their gunny sack. Yeah, the, and both bands are from Maryland. They're actually Clutch and, uh, as I understand it, Clutch and 60 Water Friends. So I wonder if cool. they like got together and said, dude, we should put Cornbread in a song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they both wrote a song with Cornbread. Could happen. Stranger things have happened. Oh, yeah. Stranger things have definitely happened. Sweet. So anyway, thanks to 60 Watt. You guys rule. Yeah. Whew. Cornbread. Yeah, so, dude, i got to tell you this story. My my third grader, he, uh, he he made a series. He made three cootie catchers all nested together. You know what cootie catchers are? No. Little, they're, they're, you fold the paper up and then you you put like four fingers in it. You open close, open close it. Most people know what they are. And then you, there's numbers written on them. Oh yeah, I know, I know what you mean. It's like, oftentimes you they'd be jokes about girls you like or whatever. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Exactly. I, I do know what you mean. Okay, so so I didn't know that was what they were called, cootie catchers, huh? Yeah, why? What are you calling? I I have no idea. I'm not really sure. Usually, it was you know some girl shoving one in my face saying, "Pick one." (laughs) Okay, you like Kelly? (laughs) Wow! If I ever had a girl shoving stuff in my face telling me to pick one, I'd hope it's not a cootie catcher. Yeah. So anyway, he's got these (laughs) these three. And he, he goes, all right, Dad, I just made these. I want you to try it out. Okay, so yeah, pick a number. I do the first one. He does it, and he, he gets the answer. He opens it up, and it says, you have a cat. So, well, yeah, your cootie catcher is right on. I, I do have a cat. He goes, okay, let's do the second one. So I pick the number, and I pick the second number, and he opens it up, and he goes, okay, this one says, you fart. <laughs> 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 so... Caught me totally off guard. I just started laughing. Like, yeah, it, it's true. It's true. You see, it's yeah, like, I've always, I always knew that little girls like to play with those. I didn't really, you know, it wasn't like a, a thing that my friends did or anything. But that's kind of funny because yeah, really boys would that. go a different direction. Obviously, pick, pick one. Okay, four. Wiener. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so he gets gets to the third one. 
And, uh, okay, let's do it. So I pick the number and pick the number again. And he opens it up and it says, You like boobs. <laughs> wow, the thing's kind of prophetic. Yeah, these things are right on. Who knew that me. that could be, you do both fart and like boobs. And I've got a cat. <laughs> so wait, he just made it so that it's all biographical about you. I guess. I don't know. Maybe it's like the Magic 8 You ball. touch maybe yourself constantly? Works. What? <laughs> Your friend's a moron. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Yeah. So uh, so where do we go from here? I guess I'm supposed to really start this whole thing off and, and do my, my little tiny political rant that is not named. It's not going to be named. Maybe it's been named in a secret. We're not going to tell you. So two things. First of all, and if you have a name for it, by all means, keep yeah, it to yourself. Yeah, don't hesitate to keep it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that could be the come name of this section of the show. Don't hesitate to keep it to yourself section. I was just thinking the other day, like all these insane armed conflicts are going on all over the world. Most of the time, we don't even notice. So I just thought I'd bring something up. Hey, did you know that uh, Sri Lanka is having a civil war that's lasted for a few decades now, and the uh, the country's looking like it may finally put some closure on it they're finally closing in on the north but uh the, the country is about to completely bankrupt itself by by uh, spending its money on its its armed incursion north to try to wipe out the tamil tigers you didn't know that did you you can't even put uh, Lanka on that. a map can you put Lanka on a map steve i think so isn't it uh, right next to ceylon no that's isn't ceylon the capital of oregon <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> oh, it's Eugene. It's that big ass ass island right uh, right below uh, the the bottom of India there. Yeah, didn't Sri Lanka used to be Ceylon or something? I thought it was used to be uh, Siam. Oh man. Anyway, know. anyway, yeah. So there. Think about that, dude. No, this, this almost goes into what pisses me off, but it's not. It's my political rant. I I am so tired of other people's personal irresponsibility becoming my problem. With all this bailout money, this tax money that's going to go bailout, all these companies that did dumbass things and people that did dumbass things, you know, got a house they couldn't afford, got a variable interest loan and were shocked, shocked when it went up. I'm, I'm sick of it. And you know what else I'm sick of? What's that? I'm sick of these companies with overpaid CEOs like coming to the trough saying they're in trouble i just think if your ceo makes more than a million bucks you ought not be looking for a handout i mean you, obviously the first place you should be cutting is the salary of the guy that's running your freaking company onto the rocks it, yeah. it irritates me to no end what like the, the ceo or the president of uh well wells fargo is getting a, a 10 million dollar bonus this year after losing 11 billion dollars Fuck these people. Why is that my problem? Why should yeah. we be bailing them out? It's pretty interesting how once you get your ticket punched at a certain level, you always get paid no matter what, you know? Yeah. You right know right up until the gates of prison. <laughs> right. And if you do things so badly that they boot you out, they give you the golden parachute. Like, wow. You, you, you shut it all, all our stores and all of our employees are now fired and we're... we're in ruin, so here's your $37 million to get the fuck out of here. Right, yeah, totally. 
Yeah, they should fucking disembowel him. Leave him on a pike outside the front gates of the, the factory. That, that would be a lesson to the next CEO to get his act together. No shit. I'm just, you know what, it's December, and I'm just generally pissed off. I'm, I am an anti-holidayite. I'm, the war on Christmas, that started with me. It is the war on Hanukkah, the war on Kwanzaa, the war on on the, the winter solstice, the whole thing. Hate this month. <laughs> Too dark. <laughs> well, I, I generally like December, and I like the holidays. I enjoy it. But, uh, you know, this year I've got a little bit of the, the same sort of stuff going on that's been going on for the last several months. Uh, my bathroom, which I think the last episode I complained that my faucet started leaking. Well, uh, we had some some tiles that were kind of soft, and there was some leaking onto the floor that was making a stain. So I pulled a couple of tiles off to clean them up so I could regrout, and I found out that the entire wall was rotted out. So Just last chism, right? Yeah, exactly. It was odd. I, I don't know how that got there. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so I had to rip out the entire shower, all the tile, all the shower walls, replace them with wallboard because the the guys who had remodeled this house before we bought it had glued tile in the shower right onto sheetrock. <laughs> is there anything those people that own that house those fucking people house dick together? This is what I'm saying. If there was a cheap, easy, or retarded way to do anything in this house, that was how they did it. And I'm constantly... I mean, there was a bookshelf that in our family room when we moved in that I, I wanted to take it off the wall, and I realized as I'm removing it that they didn't use two of the same sort of... Uh, attaching devices anywhere it was screws it was nails they were mixed lengths <laughs> mixed sizes mixed colors and no two of them were the same i don't know where you get a selection it was like out of a jar or something they must have had tacking up this bookshelf and just everything yeah. is like that and yeah, so one you know, shelf is actually made out of silly putty right right so you know that that pisses me off so i finally the, at least though i'm at a point now where nothing is actively rotting which is a nice thing. Right. At this point, Julie has to pick out tile, and then we'll sl- we'll put that up, and we'll have it. It'll be all fine. Again. But Jesus. And then, yesterday, this morning, I turn on the computer, because it's the day that we're going to podcast, and uh, go to check my email, and oh, my fucking inbox is gone. Dude, losing your box. Not just, not just a couple of emails. The inbox. It's gone. <laughs> you weren't really using that, were you? Had a couple commercials in there that I was going to run this week for a mail-order zombie. Uh, I'll have them by the time this goes to press. You will have already listened to one. But Jesus Christ. So now i got to jump through that hoop now. It's just one thing after another. So hopefully uh, Santa's going to bring me a whole bunch of brand new shit. Because that would be good. Yeah. New shower. No, we're we're going to be picking out tool, uh, tools. Tiles. Tiles as well. Yeah. When, when we were gone for Thanksgiving, we took, made a long weekend out of it. Had you know someone watching the house and everything. Come back. Late at night. I'm ready just to drop my bags on the floor and immediately uh-huh. fall asleep. No, I, I'm standing in water. My downstairs is like wet because a pipe broke and water is just going everywhere. It's uh, it, you know you don't want to have to ask yourself why are my feet wet when you're standing <laughs> in your house. <laughs> and what didn't you have somebody actually house sitting for you? Yeah, yeah. She le- she left us a note. What did the note say? Uh, everything's fine, but I noticed your floor is wet. <laughs> That's a hell of a house sitter. She's a simpleton. Is she doing anything next weekend? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Probably trying to find her way out of a paper bag. God damn her. 
I hate her. I mean, seriously, if you're watching someone's house and you notice fire or or smoke or water or vagrants living in the garage or something, <laughs> you're supposed to deal with that, or at least alert the person that owns the home that things have sort of come off the rails. Things are great. There's a meth lab in your garage, though. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know where that came from. Oh, well. Yeah, things are fine. I noticed uh, they're, they're pimping underage prostitutes in your son's bedroom to <laughs> illegal aliens that look like they're part of Al-Qaeda. Yeah, yeah so she, she let a, a problem go that probably would have been a few hundred bucks to fix, and, and now it's an $11,000 problem at this point. Thank God I have insurance. Well, I feel that doesn't, you. you know what? That doesn't cover the freaking deductible. There's well, that's no deductible. that's the thing with the bathroom stuff. I think I've spent you know a hundred bucks so far, not that much, and it won't cover my deductible by the time I get it done. So, I can do it myself. Why not? But uh, uh, definitely, the home improvement shit really pisses me off right now. Because it's just yeah, it's always not even home improvement. It's just like salvaging your home. It's yeah, home. yeah, yeah. It's like home maintenance. I guess you'd call it. Not even improvement. Yeah. But. Yeah, you, when when it's <laughs> when you're all done, it's not going to be better. It's just going to be fixed. Right? Yeah, it'll be the same as it was. Lovely. Yeah, that pisses me off. You know what else pisses me off? What else? Completely pisses unrelated. You off? I, I I am I'm really starting to get pissed when people use my cartoons and the little artwork I do, which normally is fine, but when they use it without giving me any kind of credit, that I, I'm. I'm noticing my, my shit popping up on Facebook as bling. I've noticed a t-shirt company that's selling a t-shirt with one of my designs on it that's changed just enough to, like, probably protect them from some sort of heinous copyright infringement suit. But maybe not, you fuckers. Like, come on. <laughs> it's my stuff. Give me, give me credit, if nothing else. If you're on Facebook and you see a cartoon that you want to make into bling or something, just put a little mightywombat.com on there. That's fine. I'm cool with that. And the thing about Facebook is, if you try to report some copyright violation, they're they're serious about it. They'll, like, bounce the guy out of Facebook or whatever. And I don't want to make my, you know, people's lives miserable just because they like my stuff and want to, you know, think it's funny and want it out there. But come on. Give me a little credit. You, you want a hot link, a cartoon or something? Yeah, that's cool. Just don't don't take off... There's the other thing. If I find one of my cartoons out there and someone is like actually physically removed the copyright information off the bottom, then my website off the bottom, that's bullshit. Come on. They actually go to the effort to hide that I did the stuff? Why do that? Yeah. Seriously, I don't go to your job and slap dicks out of your mouth. <laughs> well, that's, you know, I mean, copyright something, I don't know. We've always kind of taken that sort of seriously, like with the music that we play on the show. That's right. Uh, we get permission. Right, Thank you, yeah. sixty watt shaman. I won't. I won't. And I tell every band when I ask them, I let them know, hey, I'm not going to go forward on this without your approval. You're not going to end up on the Bone Bat Show unless you know you do so with your full knowledge and the fact that you approve of what we do, more or less. Yeah, uh, but that makes me tremble. Oh my god, we're not going to end up on the Bone Bat <laughs> Show. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's hard. <laughs> It's more like, you know, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I don't have time to listen to your crappy podcast. (laughs) I think that's a little bit more the level we tend to get. But, you know, so it is something I think that's important. And I I feel that way is, you know, I wouldn't want people taking my shit and using it. So the least I can do is that same, you know, favor for other creators of art. 
Uh, so yeah, I feel for you. That absolutely sucks. That you know, to to be taken advantage of like that because it's so easy to just take shit on the internet. I mean, I know that my bone bat lo- my bone hand logo, the little uh, the little bone fingers, the horns that you actually did for me. People use that for their avatar in like fucking Brazil and shit now. Because occasionally I'll find, I'll be looking at my stats and I'll find somebody's biting my bandwidth a teensy tiny bit. And, you know, I don't know. It's it's one of those things. What are you going to do? Chase some guy down and... No, you change it to a picture of the goats. He... <laughs> That's a good so... idea, yeah. But then, you know, All then people know avatar. that, then somebody somewhere knows I'm looking at goatsy, so... I prefer <laughs> oh, to keep that know. a secret, yeah. So. Yeah, that sucks, dude. I, that, I would be pissed, too. I understand why that pisses you off. Yeah, I guess it it, it just maybe more so because it is the season, and I'm just a little bit more pissed off in the season. Andy, I, should we just should we just parley, just go right into our, our little holiday stories right now? Yeah, sure. All right. You you had a, a story you wanted to talk about, your, your Christmas tree perils, and I have no idea what this is all about. I want to hear it. <laughs> well, just uh, one of the, you know, at Christmas time, you always have weird shit that happens. And I, I don't know. I must have been 15 or 16, and we were out uh, looking for Christmas trees uh, in Northern so California. this isn't a recent. This no, is no, no. This is, this is an old story. So, oh, okay. uh, yeah, I'm with my folks and my, my brother and sister, 15 or 16, and my mom always likes to get real full kind of traditionally, uh, you know, triangular Christmas trees. And so we had been out in the woods walking around for two or three hours trying to find just the perfect tree. And we finally find one and we saw it yeah. off and sneak up on it and then drag it back to the car, <laughs> you know, after, after much consternation to get just the perfect tree. It's a beautiful tree. And so we drag it, uh, you know, all the way back to the car, a couple hundred yards, you know, out through two foot of snow back to the, uh, right back to the car. And yeah. so, uh, my folks owned a suburban at the time. And so we put it in the back and the, the tip of the tree, it was laying down kind of kitty corner in the car and the tip of the tree is stuck right in the crevice of where the door is. And so my dad is getting ready to slam the door shut. And I go, no, 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 dad, hold on. You're going to crush the, the, you're going to break off the tip. And I reach forward and I grab the tip of the tree right as he slams the door on my finger. (laughs) And I go, motherfucker. And dad (laughs) opens the door real fast and jumps back. And I'm screaming, holding my finger. And I jam it in the snow to try to, you know, I don't even want to look at it. I just, oh I know it feel it felt bad and I, I, it freaked me out. And so I jam it in the snow and I pull it up and it's bleed. I'm bleeding like a stuck pig, but nothing seems to be broken. We wrap it up and I get in the car, but I got to give my dad props. He never said a word about me saying yelling motherfucker in front of the <laughs> entire family. He never said a peep about it. I think he understood. That was one of those moments where it was wholly appropriate to say that. Right. Yeah, that that's a gimme. But yeah, I still have the scar on my knuckle, so. See? The holidays are dangerous. Our Christmas tree almost killed our entire family. How so? We uh got probably when I was you know, fourteen or so, right around there. Um must have been maybe I was a little younger because my sister was still around. We I just heard this the sound in the middle of the night. It was the the night like I guess it was Christmas night. Like we'd open our presents that day and everything, and I just heard the sound and it pulled me out of sleep. And we lived in this this old tinderbox Victorian, and I what what is this noise? And I realized 
It's a smoke alarm going. What? And I go downstairs. Yeah. I go downstairs, and we had this little wall heater that just chose that particular night to malfunction, and it, it set the wrapping paper on fire that was in the room kind of in front of the, the heater. So, like, so wait like, a minute. How far away from the heater was the wrapping paper? Like, leaning against it? No, like three feet away. Really? That far yeah. away? Yeah. Huh. And so this, I mean, it's a small fire, but it's a very smoky fire. That's what set the smoke alarm off. And as I, like, stumble down to it, I, it just, I'm watching it, and it just starts growing into a, you know, a campfire-type-sized fire. And it's burning right underneath our Christmas tree. And in that old house, I mean, it was 10-foot ceilings. We had a big pine tree for a Christmas tree. And oh, yeah, that if thing that was, went up, you're done. Yeah, it would have been it. Because everybody knows how pine needles light when they go. <laughs> the napalm bush. Yeah, no kidding. So I, like, grab the, as much tree as I can, and I'm trying to push it away from the fire. And I'm trying, like, with my arms, and I'm trying to kick the flaming paper away with my foot while I'm, you know, in my underwear in the middle of the night. <laughs> and, and then my, my mom, like, comes out, and, and my sister shows up, and I, I yell at my sister to go like get a fire extinguisher or something i don't know anyway my sister comes out with like this the smallest shot glass of, of water she could find <laughs> 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 she starts running back and forth to the kitchen getting water and like throwing it on it and i don't know what my mom i think my mom finally got like a wet towel and threw it on top i was just standing over this fire like holding an incredibly flammable object trying to keep it once it's all done, that's when my dad, the perpetually heavy sleeper, like stumbles out in his underwear, just angry because he's been awakened. He goes, what the hell's what the going, hell's on, going on, on there? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you could quote him, and you weren't even there. <laughs> <laughs> like nothing, Dad. Sorry, you know, our bad. <laughs> just putting out the fire in the living room. Yeah, don't worry about it. Just saving our lives and all of our personal property. No big deal. <laughs> Poor Dad. Yeah, that would have been quite a Yule log. Yeah. So, yeah, Christmas trees, freaking dangerous things. You nearly lost a finger. I nearly lost a house. We don't have one this year, at least not yet. A house? I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> tree. <laughs> we got a house. It holds all the water inside of it. you got to have a place to keep your water. That's you right. know what, though? You can, If you play this right, you just stick the kind of, you know, stick the Christmas tree into the rug, and it'll just soak up all the water over <laughs> the next two weeks. Why didn't I think of that? Because yeah, you didn't have Funny, a genius the house is like me. Quick. Get a Douglas fir. <laughs> uh, well, it's not it's not jolly for everyone too, you know. KB Toys they're they're finally going to go out of business. Is KB Toys going out of business? Oh, yeah, I think that's they a are. crying shame. Motherfucker was KB a real piece Toys. of shit. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I worked there a little while in college, and uh, yeah, I wasn't too impressed with how they did things. One of the their their things was all their toys would come in, and we we'd get shipment day. That was the big morning you'd have to work, and uh, they would all come in, and the prices for everything would be on these stickers, right? That are that are already pre, uh, they're either sent on sheets or they're already adhered to the boxes. And so your job was to unpack the the boxes of toys, put them on the shelf, and go around and mark down the prices automatically, so it looked like you're getting some kind of a deal. So the price that's printed on them will say like nineteen ninety five, and you cross it out with a red pen and write fourteen ninety nine next to it. 
So it looks like it's a hell of a bargain. But yeah, really, you know, yeah, fourteen ninety nine, like right? Because it the... Target the same toys selling for twelve ninety nine. So you're still getting fucked. <clears throat> it was all this kind of you know shell game, sleight of hand deal, and how they're giving you a good price. And it probably worked for some people who wanted the convenience of not leaving the mall to do any of their other shopping. But <laughs> you know, other than that, you're just getting screwed. So I, I have to say, I haven't shopped in a KB Toys in a long ass time. And uh, yeah, why would you? That's it's... fine with me. You know, it sucks that people are losing their jobs and the economy is going in the crapper and all, but some of the some of the fat that is getting trimmed was needed to be trimmed a long time ago. Well, you know, I, I don't know if I if I'm the right person to say this, but Circuit City is a shitty store. I've been in there. It is. It's I stopped going there years ago. Best Buy is fucking better. There's like ten other stores for that sort of thing that are better places to go. In Seattle, we have video only if you wanted like a, a place just to get a TV or a VCR. And Circuit City just kind of sucked. It was a shithole. It was poorly organized. Most of them were dingy and looked like crap. And, you know, I don't know. I didn't spend any money there. I didn't enjoy going into their stores. I had gone in a couple of times and kind of said, you know, uh, screw this place up. So, yeah, I'm not really surprised to see them go out of business. Or at least filing for bankruptcy. We'll see what happens with them. You know, even but even something like Best Buy, which is a store I I like and go to, there's too many of them. Why why seriously, why should there be like five Best Buys within half an hour of my house? That's crazy. I don't think there are too many here. There's uh two that I know of, so Oh really? No, yeah. they're they're literally there's one, two three within 25 minutes of my house and then there's two more within 45 minutes of my house huh. so within 45 minutes I could go to I, there are five different Best Buys I could drive to that's that's a little nuts <laughs> that is a lot okay but how many like, Starbucks are there in that city? <laughs> well, see, then they pay the closing down <laughs> there's roughly a hundred Starbucks in that same Starbucks. radius, right? right but that's you know that's for a three dollar cup of coffee. That's not for a plasma screen, you know, sixty five inch TV that I'm only going to buy one of in a decade, <laughs> or a copy of Left for Dead for that matter, or a copy of Left for Dead, which was which is a lot of fun, by the way. I would like to just say to all the uh, podcasters out there we played with, right on. That was fun. Yeah, last well, Friday we had a, a little Left for Dead holiday tournament that we pulled together. I emailed some people. And uh, we were fortunate to have join us uh, Amy, Freddie, and Chiz from Night of the Living Podcast, Wes from Drunken Zombie, uh, Lord Dward from Plan 9 from Cyberspace, uh, you, me, and Jacob from Pinto Gigante. So it was yeah, a great I, time. It was a great time, but I have an issue. I have an issue with Lord Dward, and that's his name. Sounds too much like Gord Gord. <laughs> So you don't know who's talking to you, or fortunately... I don't know, yeah, what's going on. What's, most of the time, you were on the losing team, so you, did, you didn't really have that problem, did you? No, not most of the time. All of the time. <laughs> oh, you are on the same team as he was all the time? I don't know, but I, well, the team that was losing, that was my team. <laughs> that was funny. You know what the great thing about Left 4 Dead is so far playing it? Is the fact that it is such a... The, the game is... It's linear, but it's kind of sandboxy, and each the way things unfold each time, it's a little different, where you actually kind of come out of the game with stories about what happened in the game. 
And I can't think of too many po- or, uh, too many video games that that has really happened in where it's just not a scripted thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's because most of the actual action interaction, the variables take place because of the human interaction. Right. Yeah. And so you know you'll have people talking shit in your ear, and you know. Uh, crazy zombies will be attacking you from different directions. People will be yelling each other things. It's a, it's a blast. If you haven't played it and you've got an Xbox, I suggest pick it up. It's just an a incredibly fun game. And we definitely will be doing another tournament soon. Speaking of which, I owe a big apology to Mike from the Cadaver Lab podcast. Uh, he yeah, kind of got too. frozen out of the game because we ended up with too many people. I feel absolutely shitty about it. So, uh, Mike, my most profuse apologies, and we're definitely going to get you into the next game. I'm going to shotgun Steve in the face on your behalf next time. With the shotgun? Let's hope. Oh, yeah, we can do that, too. (laughs) Cool. Okay, uh, we're going to take a quick break and hear a little more from our friends at Mail Order Zombie. And when we get back, we're going to go with the evening's feature. So, back in a minute. Hello. Testing. (sighs) Okay. So... This is Miss Bren, and I just got back. You would think, well, all right. So I was out, I had to get supplies, and I came back, and I don't know where Brother D is. He's gone, and I don't know where to look for him. I just wish I would have watched some more of the zombie movies that he had told me to watch, because maybe then I would know, maybe he's some place, if anybody has any idea where he is, or any suggestions, just let me know, mailorderzombie.com, please. Hey everybody, welcome back. So, uh, the evening's feature, I wanted to talk about, uh, Little bit we about have to call it a feature. Can't we just talk? Sure, we can just talk. What the fuck? Geez, see, you hate labels for anything. It kind of cracks do. me don't, up. Don't it's almost like me. you're, you know, when you, you just the, you're so single-minded about not having things labeled. In, in a way, you're almost a purist. Well, let's. You want to talk about as long as we don't label it, we can talk about my my puritism. That's fine. I'm down with that. Purism, wouldn't it be? As opposed Would to puritanism? Yeah, I don't think you're a puritan. Oh, I think shit. you probably appear a bit of a purist, though. But it's funny, actually, uh, what brought this up. Uh, the whole uh, zombie thing has been up and going again. Uh, a few months ago, Simon Pegg wrote an uh, article to the Guardian newspaper in England, in the UK, uh, regarding uh, a TV show called Dead Set, which uh, Julie and I just checked out, actually, recently. It's freaking cool. I suggest uh, anybody who likes zombie stuff, take a look at Dead Set. It's great. But uh, he, he wrote a letter to the editor uh, about the fact that in Dead Set, the zombies, uh, they don't, they run. They run fast. They sprint. They're not the slow, shambling, Romero-esque zombies that many people refer to. And that kind of bothered him. Uh, I, I know you have a feeling, we kind of touched on this on the Halloween show a little bit, uh, where you stand on the zombie question. Yeah, zombies, fast zombies, that's fine. I'm, I'm down with the, the but speedy So zombies. you consider him a zombie. You see, okay, what he says in his letter, just real quick, a couple of lines here. My expectations were high, and I sat down to watch a show that proved smart, inventive, and enjoyable, but for one key detail. Zombies don't run. I know it is absurd to debate the rules of a reality that does not exist, but this genuinely irks me. You cannot kill a vampire with an MDF stake. Werewolves can't fly. Zombies <laughs> do not run. It's a misconception, a bastardization that diminishes a classic movie monster. 
The best phantasmagoria uses reality to render the inconceivable conceivable. The speedy zombie seems implausible to me, even within the fantastic realm it inhabits. A biological agent? I'll buy. Some sort of super virus? Sure, why not? But death? Death is a disability, not a superpower. It's hard to run with a cold, let alone the most debilitating malady of them all. More significantly, the fast zombie is bereft of poetic subtlety. As monsters from the id, the zombies win out over vampires and werewolves when it comes to the title of most potent metaphorical monster. Where their pointy-toothed cousins are about sex and bestial savagery, the zombie trumps all by personifying our deepest fear, death. Zombies are our destiny writ large, slow and steady in their approach, weak, clumsy, often absurd. The zombie relentlessly closes in, unstoppable, intractable. He's very well-spoken the way he states it about, you know, zombies and being sl- the, the slow-moving zombie. Uh, and then uh, Danny yeah, Boyle. But, uh, what? Hold the, on one sec. I, so, I and can then, take his... Sh- oh, go on. Go wait, on. We'll, we'll jump into it. So then Danny Boyle kind of did, who was the creator of 28 Days Later and 28 Weeks Later, kind of chimed in after reading the article with his own quote. And what he says was, that's what I keep saying. It's not a zombie movie, everyone. It's not a zombie movie. Because the aficionados, it's sacrilegious what you're doing by changing things like that. They're infected. They're not zombies. So that's what he's saying about his creatures in 28 weeks later, 28 days later. Which, which I think is, certainly, it's his creation and he's entitled to have that opinion, but... Once you release an idea into the public marketplace, it's a public idea, and it may mutate into something that it's not. Uh, As far as I'm concerned, I do consider running zombies zombies. And uh, the reason that I I feel that way is uh, a a couple of reasons. Uh, First of all, to me, the essence of being a zombie is more about single-mindedness and trying to kill you. That a zombie is mindless, it's coming after you, you can rip off a limb and you can dissuade it, however, but Wait a minute, it's is still it coming after you. mindedness or is it mindlessness? Uh, in a way, both. I mean, they're, they're trying to get you, and they will not be stopped necessarily by, oh, look, shiny trinket, throw something on the lawn. They're not going to turn away necessarily. They're going to keep coming until they get you. As, as Peg said in his article, like death, it's always like going IRS. to be coming for you. Or IRS, right. So uh, the the way I look at it, I mean, you, you've got that. That's more intrinsic to being a zombie is the attitude of coming after you and never stopping than it is whether it's alive or dead. Then you have the issue of the original zombies, which were the voodoo zombie from, you know, films like White Zombie or I Walked with a Zombie uh, were people who were alive that were in in essence in a drug state. Then yeah. Rom- Romero took that zombie and kind of melded that with the mythology of the ghoul, which is, you know, a flesh-eating undead creature to come up with the slow-moving zombie. So since there's already a precedent for the type of zombie to be changed, and there's already a precedent for the uh, there to be a living zombie, how can somebody say that a rage zombie is not a zombie because it runs fast and it may be alive? I don't buy that shit. I think it's a zombie because of the way it pursues you, not necessarily the, the facts about whether or not it's alive or dead or how fast it moves. I think that the more um, meaningless the shit is you're talking about, the smarter you sound. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to fucking th- take that. Thank you. I think. 
we we could ask you a question about like something really important, and you just kind of stammer and play with yourself. <laughs> you get into like, <laughs> cartoons or zombies or something. You're you're like Stephen Hawking. <laughs> oh shit. That's funny. <laughs> and by the way, you can kill a vampire with an MDF steak. It's MDF is medium density, uh, what medium density fiber. It's wood. It is wood that makes up the majority of that steak. You can stick it in a vampire's heart, and the vampire will die. I know it's true. I've done it. That said, don't try it with balsa wood. Uh, balsa wood is technically wood, but you're not. It'll snap get, off like a motherfucker right. before you're you not give it in their chest. It's not gonna work. Just, yeah. yeah, walk away from the balls. That's what I'm saying. Step but yeah, so so that's my thought. And I mean, this this kind of shit, the, the zombie question has been raging in the pot, horror podcast community for a couple of years now, where it'll just keep popping up and pe- popping up. And I haven't really had my a ch- chance to, to say that, you know, I, I don't know, I, I don't buy that. And then on top of it, I, Boyle's opinion that the reason he doesn't want his to called a zombie is because it'll piss off the aficionados that's the wrong you're a fucking artist what do you care about what the aficionados think make what you want to make call it what you want to call it don't be scared of some fans that's bullshit you buck up zombie man exactly it's your creation yeah but that, what are you gonna do but that having been said don't you like totally agree that zombies should be dead well yeah <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, they're just someone that's possessed or somebody that's, uh, well, possessed, really. Right. You, 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 I think you got to die before you can become a zombie. Otherwise, you're something else. Yeah, Lazarus, early zombie. I think it, the original. <laughs> Maybe, the original but, don't, but don't you think it's the mindless, the mindlessness of it is more of a is more intrinsic to being a zombie than live, being alive or dead? Yeah, I agree. It's it's okay. it is the just I'm gonna get you nature of the. Of the critter, of the beast. Right. And, and I think that the kind of, um, they have to be kind of stupid. You, you can't have a, a clever zombie. That's right. not going to work. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. Because they, they already have the advantage of numbers and the advantage right. of never getting tired and the advantage of not really caring about their bodily, you know, well-being. So the yeah. humans have to have something on their side, so... You know, blow torches, shotguns. Right, we have fire chainsaws and uh, and hopefully friends with medical packs that could come in fucking handy. Oh yeah, that's that's critical. Help! <laughs> Hold on, let me heal you. You know what's tragic though is when you think you're going to heal someone and and you go up to them and then you accidentally have the shotgun instead of the medical pack because you <laughs> you wield it the same way. Exactly. You end up just like blowing a chunk of their rib cage out instead of healing them up. <laughs> Sorry, folks, we're back to Left for Dead. I, I'm telling you, this game just gets in your brain. It's so much fucking fun. Anyway, so while I'm not a purist about zombies, there are other things that I am a purist about. Uh, the martini. As far as I'm concerned, if it's not made out of gin, vermouth, and olives, it's not a fucking martini. You can call it an apple teeny or a fucking grape knee high martini, but it's not a martini. You know, I got a question for you. Yes. Is it a martini if it is the correct bits of liquid but served in a different glass? Is it a martini <laughs> yeah, yeah. if you it serve it be, in a It could be, be served in a filthy ashtray, and it's a martini. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the glassware has nothing to do with it. It's the content, as far as I'm All concerned. Right. Yeah, okay. 
But I'm, okay, I'm okay. pretty much a I'm, I'm a purist about a lot of food thing, weird food things. Like if we're eating leftovers, I can't have in the same meal like two different ethnicities of food. I can't have you spaghetti. Have like right? <laughs> I do. I can't have like fucking Papa Doms and spaghetti in the same dinner. I just I won't do it. It fucks my brain up. I, I don't like I don't like breakfast for dinner. My family likes that. They'll they'll like to have pancakes or omelets occasionally for dinner. I don't want breakfast sure. for dinner. I can't. I don't like it. Well, you can have a souffle for dinner, but not an omelet. I don't have a souffle. Period. Because they suck. Well, you... But <laughs> that's a fucked up thing to do to an egg. I'm sorry. And quiche, fuck quiche. Much. Yeah, I don't like quiche either. I like quiche. I like no. all kinds of egg stuff. Quiche is terrible. That's really awful. <laughs> do you like omelets? I do. I love omelets. But you don't like a quiche? I like omelets in the morning. And I don't like a quiche. Usually because of the, I don't know, they usually have a crappy crust on them. Usually you get them at a party at somebody's house, and it's a cold piece of fucked up pie with eggs in it. And it's just <laughs> nasty. <laughs> Because yeah, okay, I don't be I like I said I don't make quiche at home. So if somebody has a badass recipe for quiche, I guess I would try it. You better make sure it has some meat in it. But yeah, you <laughs> I would I would try it. But yeah, if it's got some bacon in it or something. But yeah, for the most part, my experience with the quiche has been non-impressive. Yeah, bacon quiche is like bacon, cheese, onions, mushrooms, maybe. Yeah, okay. in, a, in a crust. I like all those individual things, but I don't like them in a, don't I don't cold. look that's like it in a lukewarm pie that's been sitting on the the table for four hours. That's, yeah, that's the way to weird. talk about your wife. <laughs> that's fucking horrible. Hamburgers. I'm a big kind of purist about hamburgers. I like like the the classic traditional cheeseburger. And I will. I mean, you can attest. What's the first thing I want when I come to California? Uh, are we within 60 miles of an In-N-Out? <laughs> right, In-N-Out. That's where you go. Yeah, I'm fucking insane for it. And, yeah, I like the classic hamburger. Meat, bun, cheese, tomato, onion, lettuce, a little bit of pickle. Boom. Wow, a little, really? little ketchup, a little mayonnaise, mustard. I can handle mustard, not to excess. Relish, like fat burger. Nah, I don't really like that. Just like a classic bacon? hamburger. No, I don't really. Baking is gilding the lily for me. I, I just I don't need it. I don't necessarily. What about avocado? Nah, it's okay. Occasionally, I, I like a, avocado better on maybe a turkey burger because it needs a little more flavor. But a hamburger itself should be, you know, that perfect synchronicity of a bunch of different shit. I don't like double burgers because uh, you know to me, me a double People burger use well, the right words. Synchronicity is not the word you're looking for. Though. What is it? Synchronicity is an a-causal connecting principle. That's what synchronicity is. I don't know what you were going for there, but you said the wrong thing. Uh, That's what I'm a purist about. Is use the goddamn right words. No. If, if you want to talk about a, a Susan what's phone, a what's a multifaceted gem that some <laughs> is greater <laughs> that's whole is greater than the sum of its parts? What is that? A sycophant. Sy synergism. <laughs> what is that? Synergism. No. What is it? Synergism. No. Synergy, yeah, synergy is what you're well, looking that, for. That's what I mean. It's it, to me a double burger. It's too much meat on the hamburger, and it throws off the balance of the whole fucking thing. It's got to be a single burger with all the ingredients. You got to have the bite of the onion, the creaminess of cheese, and maybe a little mayo, a little bit of tartness of the pickle, all working together. It's the hot, sour, salty, and sweet all mixed together in one fucking bun-shaped package. Yeah, I completely disagree. The, the hamburger is, is a great place to start. It's it's the it is the canvas on which you build your masterpiece. 
No, it's... You, you can do the traditional thing, and it can be good, but you got to spice the meat. There's lots of toys you can spice the meat before you throw it on the grill. I've got you some spicy different kinds meat of cheeses. All right, we went quite a ways into this podcast before we figured out you're the gay one. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so really, so you like to you like to fancy your burgers up. Basically, up, you baby. like a burger that's putting on airs. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things. You got your burger, and then what else do you have in the house? Let's throw it on top. Let's put let's put grilled peppers on there. Let's put onions on. What kind of spice should we use? Could more more Italian type spices or more Mexican type spices? Do it up. Make it and you serve it on garlic bread. Do it on garlic bread. That makes your burger absolutely rock. Yeah, that's I, that's that's I'm it's a good food item. But it's not what I would go for if I wanted like the classic burger. If I'm in the mood for a burger, I want a pretty classic thing, and if it's done well, it's perfection. Purist. I know it's <laughs> terrible. Another <laughs> thing. He's in your hamburgers. Another what? thing, what? kind of talking about art, I guess. Um, I was kind of thinking about this too, as far as being a purist. That, and this is another thing that's kind of been popping up in different podcasts, but like the discussion of remakes of things or adaptations. That. Almost generally, it seems to me that, like, the really great movies or the movies that you've seen that blew your socks off, the books that you've read, the music that you've heard, it's never a fucking remake of something else. It's usually an original idea. Occasionally, it's a sequel of, you know, based on a previous idea, but it's almost always an original thing. It's never a fucking, you know, a rehashing of somebody else's idea. And yet, Wait, so the Emperor Strikes Back being a remake of Hamlet, that doesn't bother you? Yeah, that's more a homage in the same way that Star Wars was a homage to Hidden Fortress. It borrowed pieces and kind of used it as a springboard. But I wouldn't necessarily call it a straight-up remake. A remake of, like, fucking Prom Night, that's a remake. It's yeah. the same fucking movie, and yet, except for this time, it's shitty. <laughs> like, before it was eh, and now it's shitty. And you okay, know, there's a lot you, you of that sort at, of thing. If you look at the, like the movies that are coming out in every given month, it's just constant like you know just bunch of remakes. Okay, let's take movie X and put it young actors that people today will identify with, and then we'll release it. We'll make a bunch of money, but it doesn't make a bunch of money because it nobody gives a fuck. I mean, you know, they should make Punisher again. Maybe it'll work this time. <laughs> exactly. You know, and I, I kind of, you know, I like that sort of thing, but I don't want to see that movie. I, I don't give a shit. I even like Ray Winstone, the guy who's in it. He was in Rome, which was a great fucking series on HBO. And yet, which is just a rehash of history. Right. But it's not. Oh, okay. There's a good point. Adapt, 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 bleh, 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 bleh. <laughs> Adaptations can work just fine. I loved Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. Loved them. Liked the Tolkien, liked the source material, liked the resulting book. But I think that there a lot has to be done. It's when you when you follow that source material as closely as possible because it was good. There was a reason why you went to it in the first place. Look at I Am Legend, a great novella, a fucked up movie. Did you see the movie? No, I heard it was fucked up. The the, the end of the movie fucks up the whole reason for that movie to exist. It fucks up the whole story. The whole reason the story exists. The punchline of the story, the twist at the end, is Wait, lost. Don't tell me. I'm going to end up seeing it. Is gone on the movie. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to spoil it. But just what I'm saying is they fucked it up. And I've got a problem with that because a lot of times when a Hollywood director 
oftentimes in genre films will be a first timer or a young director will want to put his imprint on things and so he'll take he'll take the source material and say well this is pretty good but i'm gonna fuck with it a bunch so that it's me and it's not the source material anymore well then why did you buy the source material in the first place why so not come up with the, it is his hamburger right but why not come up with your own fucking hamburger well yeah use ground turkey whatever the fuck but come up with an original <laughs> idea on your own don't take somebody else's idea and then fuck it up because the idea is a good one in its essence Ah, it pisses me off to know it. So Jeez. yeah, I, I I've got a problem with that shit with remakes like and the most adaptations ever for you. and adaptations that that don't follow the source material. I mean, and, and th- it seems like people get away with this in film more than any other medium. Because if some motherfucker came along and said, you know what, I'm gonna remake Black Sabbath four because I, I just I, I think it needs to be moderned up in, in these days. It's just not as good as it used to be. Fuck you. Nobody's going to remake an album. Nobody's going to repaint, you know, fucking American Gothic because, you know, they don't like old people today. So I'm going to do it like a young guy with manga hair and a skateboard and a chick that's hot in like a, a wonder bra. It's going to be fucking cool standing in front of a barn. I mean, you know, no, you don't remake art. You don't remake albums. You don't remake any other kind of art, but it's OK to fuck with movies and remake movies. I don't get that shit. And just mark my words. Someday somebody's going to come along and try to start fucking looking at Goodfellas. And it's going to piss me off to no end. I'd just like to point out that uh, Peter Jackson's uh, work here, they already made a movie of The Hobbit and the, tri- and the, the Thor of the Rings trilogy. Sure. He was, he was remaking it. Yeah. Okay, maybe. I, I don't buy that. I'd also like to In point out that I, I don't buy that at all because cool A, it was animated and B, it was poorly done. So, and it wasn't even done completely. So you could make the argument that Jackson's attempt is the first complete offering of that material to the movie going public. All right. Well, what about covers? Song covers? Name one one song cover that was better than the original. Well, a whole bunch of Led Zeppelin. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't know that I agree with that. You know what? Smooth Criminal by Alien Ant Farm. There you go. That's the only one that I can think of that is infinitely better than the source material. Oh, come on. Um, Voodoo Glow Stickles do covers on every album. Those are often better than the original. Uh, I, um, I don't know them well enough. I, I will say that their Feliz Navidad is badass. Yeah. But that having said, the the original was kind of cool, too. So I'm, I'm not going to yeah, say Jose Feliciano sucks balls. Version. I won't, I'm not going to go there, but... What kind of what kind of bugs me though is when the the band covers the song and makes it sound exactly like the original. That's what bugs me. I would much rather them take and send it in a completely different direction. Even if it's like um, that band that covered the the Rancid song, and the uh, the Roots, the Radicals, and did it in Spanish. That's pretty fun. Yeah, so you that's take cool. a really fast song and turn it into a ballad, or you take a ballad and you turn it into a a polka or something. I like. See, I, I like that polka. shit. I, I like. I like versions of things that that do that sort of a twist on it. Like make it new by changing genres. So like uh, the ska band Mustard Plug did a version of Thieves and Liars by Ministry, and it was fucking yeah. cool. And then in the middle of it, they stopped and they they like copped the middle section out of Bust a Move. It was fucking cool. And you know, and that was a creative thing. It, it took it, it. I've got no problem with homage and with with paying tribute to other things. And I think you can do that with an original twist. 
and that's a good example of that of taking influences and making that more melding that into something new that and that i totally appreciate but that's different than remaking something for the wrong reasons and then having it suck and then you're what are you creating you're creating shit there's no reason to create it just spend your time and effort on your own vision and create something new for us to enjoy well okay then this is this will be the wound up show. This is the show where Steve gets really wound up. <laughs> all right, that's all I got. Okay, holy shit, you're scaring me. You got man. anything else on not being a purist, dude? I'm not a purist like you. I get hung up on words. It may even be more of just like a fetish or a dysfunction. But like when see people I know well enough, I can call them out when they use the wrong word, and they they recognize as part of my quirky personality, and they probably curse me when I'm not around for it. But mm-hmm. like it, it bugs me when people don't know the difference between concrete and cement. The, the concrete versus cement is like flour versus bread, or or when they 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 call a a sousaphone a tuba, or the, the things that really freaking blow my mind is when. Like people confuse evidence and proof. That if someone like says something that's evidence of something and then they call it proof of it, I just want to kick him in the crotch. What about effect and affect? No, I, I can live with that. That's just usually a spelling error. <laughs> <laughs> but literally, when someone says like uh, the defense literally blew up the quarterback, no, they didn't. If there weren't little fucking <laughs> no, pieces of quarterback exactly all over the right, stadium. Yeah. They didn't literally blow him up. Don't say that word if you don't mean the word. But, but Steve literally I'm, cornholed Gordon after the latest <laughs> episode. <laughs> wow, you're not only are you the gay one, you're like the <laughs> alpha gay one. <laughs> you're clearly the top. <laughs> so no, I, I don't get passionate about purest things like you. Yeah, I, I was disappointed when in train spotting they had a cover of that blondie song and it sounded just like blondie and i thought why not just use blondie's version of atomic you know <laughs> well in that situation though it was probably a money thing like yeah, it, they couldn't was. get the rights to the song cheap enough for you know what they wanted to do i don't know I don't know, but you know what? You should just listen to that song, just listen to the drums in that song. Uh, that is one of the coolest drumming songs ever. All right, I will do so. Yeah, do that. Cool. Hey, call Debbie Harry. See if we can get Blondie on this show. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that the, any of the big labels, I think, are so wrapped up in their own, you know, interests, making money and fighting, you know, piracy. Yeah, and, fighting their fans, essentially. Right. I'm sure yeah, I, I, I don't think that's going to work. But fortunately, now. there's enough badass in independent music in the world that uh, I, I think... I hope, anyway, that we'll always have some partners out there. Yeah, I think we will. Thank you, 60 Watt Shaman. And you're Thank not you, exactly small Watt potato. Hey, let me, let me talk about them a little more while we're at it. So uh, 60 Watt was formed in 1995 in Baltimore, as I said. Their first studio album came out in 1998. It was called uh, Ultra Electric. Uh, it's kind of hard to find, but if you look around, you can find a copy uh, used uh, on the Internet. Uh, it's it's very good, but it's not as awesome as they would achieve. In uh, 2000, they came out with uh, Seed of Decades, which is fucking amazing. God, it's a good CD. Uh, the a song that we opened the album with, the uh, 
podcast with, Fear Death by Water, is the opening track from that. It also has uh, just just a line of great tunes that you've heard through this episode. It's fantastic. That's their their best. And I've seen it in, used in different places for like eight bucks. Uh, every time I see a copy of one of their discs in a used record store, it breaks my fucking heart. So look them up. Then in 2002, they came out with Reason to Live, uh, another great CD. So the last two came out on Spitfire Records. Uh, you can find them around, and please do. Uh, it's my hope. There's been some uh, rumblings that there might get be reforming soon and may record and put out something new. So watch this space for details. I'll tell you as we know. But, uh, you know, great band. Uh, they God, they've got a great fat sound. I just love that guitar sound. I'm a sucker for that sort of thing. So uh, check them out. 60 Watt Shaman. Uh, thanks again, Reverend Jim and the band. Great shit. Great guitar sound. Freaking great bass sound, too. The whole sound is, is good, and it should be listened to. It should be. Absolutely. So what else? Filthy jokes, dude? Oh, God, we haven't done that? We haven't yeah, done that. Filthy jokes. Are you going first or am I going first? Uh, you, yeah, you go first. All right. So, this uh, this guy comes up to it. This this grown up young man comes up to his his mother and, and he says uh, she's she's cooking, stirring the soup, and he goes, "Mom, uh, I got something to tell you. I, I I just think you should know that I'm I'm gay. I, I'm a homosexual." No reaction. She just stands there, back to him, stirring the soup. Finally, she looks up and she goes, "Okay, so, so you're a homosexual. So does that mean that you put other men's penises in your mouth?" And he's he's still taken aback. He goes, uh, "Well, uh, yeah, yeah, mom, mom, I, I do." She pulls a wooden spoon out of the soup, spins around, slaps him upside the head with it. Whap! How dare you complain about my cooking? <laughs> That's pretty good, dude. Hey, thanks. Not bad at all. <clears throat> all right, be funny. Me? Uh-oh. Yeah. I'm a little concerned. Okay. <laughs> so this mortician's working wait late one night, and obviously uh, it's his job to examine dead bodies before you know he, he marks whether they're to be cremated or they're to be buried. And so he's looking at the body of Mr. Sam, uh, who's uh, you know one of his neighbors in town. He was about to be cremated. And uh, as he's getting dressing him, he he makes this amazing this amazing discovery that Sam had the biggest cock he's ever seen, and he just he thinks to himself, "My God, I, I'm sorry, Sam, but I, I can't send you off to be cremated with this tremendously huge private part like this. I mean, we've got to save this part for posterity." So he uses his tools and he removes the penis before he, you know, gets him ready for cremation and sends him on. And so he takes it and he puts it in. He's got like this kind of case with ice that he puts it in. And he takes it home until he can figure out, you know, how he is going to immortalize Sam for the future. And so he gets it home and he shows it to his... He opens up the case and the first person he shows is his wife. And he says, I've got something that you're not going to believe. And he opens up the case and his wife says, oh my God, Sam's dead? (laughs) Ah, That's funny. (laughs) Sorry, that's all I got. Because she's fucking Sam. I get it. Yeah, I get it, she, she, she's seen that cock before. Get it? That's right. Yeah. Anyway, so the Bone Bat Show. This has been episode 18. 
Uh, thank you very much for listening. Hey, uh, if you want to give us a Christmas present, uh, I would. We would like it. We like Christmas gifts, don't we? Like Christmas gifts, Gordon? Screw Christmas. Uh, I like Christmas gifts. Anyway. No, you know what? Only because we need a Christmas present. We we need a, a Christmas present. All of you send listeners out there, cheer. yeah, send us some holiday cheer, please. If you like the show, give us an iTunes uh, review. Uh, review our show. You know what? ITunes. We don't have a single iTunes review so far. Not one. It's that a blank terrible. canvas for you. So you, in essence, can pop our iTunes cherry. Exactly. So go to town. We're basically wow, we we're presenting ourselves to you. Have your way with us. Give <laughs> us for Christmas. Make us happy for Christmas. And give us an iTunes review. We'd really love it. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Pop. Uh, once again, I'd like to uh, thank our friends uh, who played uh, Left for Dead with us last week. We got to get together and do that again. Uh, and Pinto Higante, our buddies over there, Jake and, Jacob and David, uh, check in with us in uh, what two three weeks time. We're going to be doing a split podcast with Pinto Higante for the new year, kind of a year end wrap up, and to talk about things we're excited about next year. It's going to be a badass episode. So it'll be a it'll nor- be the Bone Pinto Higante bat. Cast. A bone gigante? I kind of like the sound of that. Yeah, you would. I oh, would. It's, yeah, it's be the first time I've heard that. Anyway, so uh, thank you. Uh, also, uh, our ads that we ran this week: Mail Order Zombie, great show. Check out Brother D and Miss Bren; they do a great job. I love it. They're fellow Northwesters. It's badass. Check it out. Uh, you got any other plugs, man? MightyWombat.com. That's me and DavisLifeMagazine.com. Read my column. I'm funny, or so they say. <laughs> uh, also, new content on Bonehand.com every Sunday, so check me out there. Uh, also, we've got a new phone number for the show, The Bone Bat Show, 206-203-3115. Evidently, we didn't get any calls, and I didn't call to check it in long enough time, and our old number went away, so we've got a brand new number. So give us a holler. Also, uh, I put together a little piece for uh, episode 50 of Drunken Zombie. Uh, They did an episode on the works of H.P. Lovecraft, and I pulled together my uh, top nine favorite Lovecraftian metal moments, a little piece for their show that uh, I really enjoyed doing. And so if that sort of thing sounds like it would be interesting to you, uh, give a listen to uh, Drunken Zombie episode 50. It's a lot of fun. Uh, And that's pretty much it. Uh, You got anything else, Gordon? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy holidays from Bone Bat. Take care.
You like boobs. 